0: I think they make bread too. No, they don't make bread. Different harvest. But Harvest Church um, is is right here across town. Now, now you guys may know this, but. Most of you know this, Convoy of Hope. When we did the Convoy of Hope project as a, as a church, Harvest Church was one of the other churches that played a major role. In fact, Jason was on the lead team helping pull off the Convoy of Hope uh, thing that happened. And so he is a, he is a uh, mover and a shaker in our city. He's connected all over the place. He's helping our city reach more people for Jesus. And so helping our churches reach more people for Jesus right here in Albuquerque. So church, this is my friend. He's a co-pastor in town, and uh, he's somebody that you will see around all the time if you're involved in the, in the Christian community in our city. Guys, will you stand with me? Let's give Jason a warm round of applause as we welcome him to the stage. Uh, Thank you, Matt. I I love your pastors. How many of you love your pastor? I, I don't i 'm just telling you some of you don 't even know how good you have it. You have amazing pastors. I love uh, Matt and Amber. Uh, we became fast friends. We have a lot in common. It was kind of scary when we met uh, our Our mutual friend Pastor Brian Alred uh, connected us he, he was telling matt you got to meet Jason. He was telling me I got to meet Matt felt like he was putting us on a blind date and uh, we finally got together and we, we had so much in common uh, i 'm now pastoring a church that my parents uh, planted and pastored for many years. So we have have that in common. Uh, And uh, we both have daughters named uh, Eden. We both have pets named Cooper. We both love barbecue. We both wear awesome socks every Sunday. In fact, I had to pick out a special pair today. I have some barbecue socks on this morning for Pastor Matt. I don't know if you know how much he loves to smoke uh, meat. And I love eating his smoked meat. And so this is a subliminal message that we haven't done that in a while. And we should do that. And so Pastor Matt, I actually brought you a pair of socks this morning and they've they've got an assortment of smoked meats on them. <clears throat> So, so the, the deal behind the socks is you're more anointed when you wear um, awesome socks. That's just kind of how it works. And so if you're wondering, like, why Matt's messages are so awesome every week, you just just check his socks. If, if it ever isn't any good, just go pull his pant leg up and just see what he's wearing and, you know, check, check, that, check that out. Uh, Pastor Matt already mentioned this, but I, I had the honor of co-leading Convoy of Hope Albuquerque. And uh, I just wanted to... <laughs> I want to say thank you to City Church. You guys played a massive role in this. You gave financially, sacrificially. Uh, you were there. How many of you were there that day? Now, look at that. How awesome! I saw several Commonwealth shirts as I came in. I'm like, look at this. And uh, I just, I, I just, I don't get to get be in every church that participated. But I thought while I was here, I could just personally tell you thank you. And I don't know if you've heard. We haven't really announced it, but we have secured dates for October 2019. 19 to bring Convoy of Hope back to Albuquerque. So uh, how many of you are going to participate in this one? All right, Matt, look around. Cameras, take pictures. All right. Uh, super, super excited about that. I, I'm going to try something. I've never really done this, but um, you know, I'm a local pastor. Uh, I grew up in ministry. My dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. Uh, and uh, I, I, I thought about this. I thought, you know, w- what sorts of things would I say to my church if uh, if I didn't have like, if I didn't have ulterior motives, right? Like like so the problem is like what I'm going to tell you, if I told my church this, it, it would just feel awkward because it'd feel like I all these ulterior motives, you know, and uh, but I'm only here. I may never come back again. I'm here this week, and so I thought, you know, like what would I tell you if if I if you were my church and I could just be totally honest with you? Um, how, how could I how could I encourage you this morning? And so this isn't even the message. Uh, I listen to Pastor Matt quite a bit, so I'll steal a phrase that he's stolen from his dad. This part is free, okay? And so so if I could tell you a few things, this is what I would tell you. I would tell you, love your pastor, support your pastor, love your pastor's family. Uh, my wife Lisa and I, we have three daughters. Uh, I grew up a PK. My wife grew up a PK. We understand what it means to grow up in this context. And uh, one of the things you can do for your pastor is just love your pastor's family, not just Matt and Amber, but their beautiful daughters. Love their family. My, By the way, my wife can't be here today. We, uh, we just hired her. In fact, today, is her very first Sunday at our church as our kids' pastor. And uh, she was like, I can't miss the first Sunday. I'm like, sure you can. You have a nice boss. He's not gonna fire you, you know? But uh, she she decided not to play hooky, so my, my wife and kids are not with me today, but they're amazing. So pr- love, and, love your pastor, support your pastor, love your pastor's family, pray for your pastor. I don't know if you're praying for your pastor, but he needs a lot of prayer. I know, because I know him personally. He needs a lot of prayer. And whatever amount of prayer he needs Amber needs uh, twice as much because she's having to put up with him at home. But I pr- listen. You'll have a better church if you pray for your pastor. I promise you. Like you'll like coming every Sunday if you're praying for your pastor. You'll you'll enjoy yourselves more. And I, I would just you know I would just tell you pray for your pastor. I would tell you practice Matthew eighteen uh, if you have an offense whether it's with your pastor or with someone else in the church. Practice the principles there and Matthew go to the person. Don't talk about him. No gossip. I know you don't. Have have that problem in this church, but I know churches that do. Practice Matthew 18, go to the source, talk to them, work it out, do it the right way. I would tell you this, get involved, all right? Don't be a spectator, but be a participant. Give and participate in every opportunity, and I'll throw in, because Pastor Matt uh, announced that they were happening this week, go to a small group, all right? we, uh, My wife and I, we lead a small group. We're kicking off September 9th, our small groups. I believe in small groups. I love that your church does small groups. And so you need to be in one, all right? So if you won't go, because Matt asked you go, because I've asked you, all right? You're in a series right now in the Book of Hebrews. That was free. You're in a book, a, ser- a series in Hebrews, Jesus is Greater Than, Book of Hebrews, and uh, today you're in Hebrews chapter 11, and so Pastor Matt gave me the option of jumping in with Hebrews 11 or doing something else, and I said, hey, let me jump in. So we're going to be primarily in Hebrews chapter 11 today. If you've been going to church for any length of time, you're probably familiar with Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, see if this sounds familiar. 11, Hebrews 11 starts like this. It says, now faith. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. How many of you have heard this verse before? You've heard it. It's a pretty popular verse. How many of you have this verse on a poster or a picture or something? It's maybe framed in your office or your home. Come on. I saw a couple of you are on a t-shirt. This is a popular verse, all right? This is kind of an anchor verse for for believers. It it literally defines faith for us. And then the verse that follows, verse 2, says this, this, speaking of faith, Faith. This is what the ancients were commended for. And now, the rest of chapter 11 is story after story of individuals who had great faith. In fact, this phrase, by faith, is used by, by my count, I might have missed one, by, by my count, 17 different times. It says, by faith, so and so did such and such. By faith, so and so did such and such. 17 different times, it shows us how these individuals exercised their faith. Some people call this chapter the Hall of Faith, all right? So think of like the Hall of Fame, all right, the Hall of Faith, or the Chapter of Heroes, or Faith in Action. There's all kinds of headings for this chapter, and the problem with those headings, in my opinion, I mean, not that they're not true, but I don't know if any of you would be honest enough today to admit that sometimes reading about all these great feats of faith and these great men and women of faith kind of have the opposite effect than what it's supposed to have, because see, this chapter is supposed to inspire us and encourage us and challenge us, but if you're like me, sometimes I read Hebrews 11 and I'm not encouraged. I'm actually discouraged because I'm measuring my faith against these people's faith, and I'm like, man, I am like, I am lacking. I'm, I don't, I don't know. Like if I were alive then, I want to be in Hebrews chapter 11, the the hall of the hall of faith. I mean, all these guys: Abraham, David, Moses, Joseph, Noah. I mean, it's just it's a, it's quite the list. So I'm going to rename the list this morning, all right? Because I think this will, it makes me feel better. I think it'll make you feel better. I'm going to rename the list that we see in Hebrews chapter 11, the guys who got better list, all right? The guys who got better. And by the way, I, I'm I'm using guys not to, to mean men. I'm using it kind of I grew up saying like, hey, you guys, let's go eat lunch, right? So it's it, women, you're included in this. The the guys that got better list that that encourages me because while i may not make it into the hall of faith i have i have hope that i can get better all right wherever i am today wherever you are today I, we we can get better in fact better is a key word in Hebrews all the way. I mean, uh, Pastor Matt chose the, the title, Jesus is greater than. Greater, better, they're kind of synonymous words, right? Better, I, I found it at least 13 times in the book of Hebrews. It speaks of a better hope, better than the angels, a better covenant, better sacrifices, better resurrection, better country. And now Hebrews 11 is showing us a list of people who, who actually got better. And so I came to City Church today to, to encourage you or to, to help you because you should get better. <laughs> Wherever you are today, You, <laughs> I'm only here once. I'm only here once. I don't know if I could tell my church you should get better, but I can tell you, all right? I won't see you again until October with uh, Convoy of Hope, and by then you'll have forgiven me, all right? You should get better, and, and you're like, well, how do you know that? You're a guest. You don't even know. You don't even know, but I, but I know because I, I know me. I know people. I know churches. I know that you can get better, and so Hebrews, I love Hebrews because it, it's a challenge to keep getting better. I mean, the whole book is a, is a challenge, and here, here's the deal. This is why, why it's so important is things that don't get better are actually getting worse, when it comes to faith when it comes to following Christ like there's no such thing as middle ground right i mean you got the verse like lukewarm or cold if you're or hot or cold if you're lukewarm I'll spew you out right it's this idea like you're either getting better you're advancing you're progressing you're getting better or you're going backwards there's no such thing as I'm just hanging out I'm just here i'm just I'm just you know stagnant like who wants to be stagnant anyway right stagnant things get really stinky and you no know? like you're you're either getting better or you're getting Worse. But but the myth that, that I see in Christian circles is not that we don't believe that we can't get better. It's this. It's that the only thing that I need to get better is Jesus. And that sounds so spiritual. And that sounds so spiritual. Like all I need is Jesus. That's all I need. All I need to get better. All I need to kick this habit. All I need to all I need is Jesus, right? And, and listen, don't throw any rocks at me. Yeah. I mean, I believe that Jesus is powerful and incredible. He can set us free. He can accomplish way more in an instant than anything else can accomplish in a lifetime. I I I I, I totally believe that. But see, I used to think that progress getting better, um, that it, it really only happened in these, these great spiritual moments, right? Uh, I'm a, you're going to pick up on some language here because I'm a lifelong you know, believer in Jesus. But like I grew up going to, anyone, anyone else, revival services. Any, anyone else go to those? You know, it'd start on a Sunday, and you'd show up back up on Sunday night, and you'd show back up on Monday, and I'd fall asleep under the pews, and mom and dad would take me home, and we'd come back on Tuesday and Wednesday. And, Thursday, and that, was, I don't, that was a revival. I grew up there. I used to think that these great spiritual things happened at summer camp, and they, they do, an encounter at the altar. A really great message from Pastor Matt, right? That that could do it. More likely, a really great message from Pastor Amber. Uh, I, man, I tell you, I heard Mother's Day and I'm like, can you come preach at our church? That was amazing. Like that, I just totally love it. But hey, listen, th- those, those great things, all right? Those great, those, those life-changing moments, they they don't just happen in, in a moment. These times can be powerful. I've seen amazing things happen. But, but the problem is that, that as a culture, we tend to prefer what I'll call abracadabra moments. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like the magician gets the wand out and the top hat and just says, abracadabra, bippity-bop, bippity-boo, and you're done. You're healed. You're forgiven. You're, you're, you're set free. You're, you're no longer struggling with, with your issue anymore. And, and listen, I'm, I love instantaneous stuff that God does because he does. We serve a big God, right? Our theme verse at Harvest this year is found in Ephesians, and it says this It says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ask or request or imagine in your wildest dreams. And I I mean, all year, every week, we've been saying this verse, and I believe it. I believe that God can do anything. I believe he can heal. I believe he can set free. I believe all of this. And we love it. We love when it happens. We celebrate and we clap and we share the stories and we post it on Facebook. And, and I love this. But but we've kind of been ingrained by culture to expect these, these abracadabra moments, right? Some of you will relate to this. I, I have apps on my phone because I hate to wait. Anyone else hate to wait? Come on. I hate to wait, so I have apps on my phone, so that when I show up at Starbucks, I don't have to wait for my drink. It's already waiting for me. It's got my name on it. It's customized to me. And I walk in, I feel like a baller, because I walk up to the counter, and I pick up the Jason cup, and I walk out, and all the other schmucks are standing in line. right? I I hate waiting, right? And, And here's the problem, is we've brought that into our faith, the truth is, I don't like waiting for my coffee or my Chick-fil-A. And quite frankly, I don't like waiting on Jesus either. I may have a really hard time. Like, I wish he would consult me on uh, on not just what to do, but when and how to do it. Right? Because we're, just, we're, so, we're so impatient. So we, we expect these moments. And quite frankly, if they don't happen, then we give up. If we don't happen, then we stop the progress. We stop getting better. And see, this, this is what I want to talk about is if you skim over Hebrews 11, you might think that it was this way. That these people, these men and women, they had great faith, greater than yours, greater than mine. And because they had this great faith, wham, bam, it happened, the miracle, and, and that was it. But you've got to look at the people in Hebrews 11. You've got to study their stories, and you'll find out that that's not actually the case. They did have great faith, but they also messed up a lot. They also, had a, they also had impatient moments, right? They also had moments where they got angry and they lashed out and they did stupid stuff and that's the part that I relate to. I'm like, okay, I can now relate to these guys. Because see in the church, I think we just, we buy into this lie that, that if Jesus is gonna help us, it's just, it's gonna be instantaneous. And i found that normally, most of the time, it actually involves a process, a process. Uh, most of Uh, My uh, young adult life, I struggled with an addiction to pornography. And I can't tell you how often, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I attended a revival service, a camp service, uh, an amazing Sunday service, and I would raise my hand to be set free. And I would pray the prayer, and I would feel the power of God, and I would sense the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I would walk out of there just, oh man, I'm not going to struggle with this anymore anymore. But because I, I had a moment, but I didn't follow through with the process, I kept ending up at the same place over and over and over and over. Some of you are relating to this. It's like we, we don't follow through with the process. We love the power, but we neglect the process. And so today I just I want to talk to you, City Church, for a little bit about the process for progress or the process for for getting better, right? Because, because you should get better. See, Hebrews teaches us that progress is possible. It's possible. I think sometimes we miss, we miss the processes and the places where progress actually happens. It, it, it's, I'll say it this way. The process often has a lot of bumps in the road. And so we miss the process because we don't identify that, that that's the process. We just get upset with God because there's bumps along the way. When those bumps are actually part of the process to work deeply and gently inside of us to make us better. We, 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 just, we miss it. because here, Here's why. An experience with God is not the same thing as learning how to rely upon God. An experience on a Sunday, you raise your hand, you pray a prayer, you go to the altar, God speaks to you you know, through worship, whatever happens. An experience, a moment, is not the same as developing a relationship with God and learning to rely on him in the good and the bad, you know, in, in all the different circumstances. And, and, and so the process, that's where you really learn that. That's where you really learn that the experiences are wonderful. And when they happen, oh my goodness, like bask in it. Take it all in, right? Like just, love, oh man, this is awesome. But, but the, rest of the, the rest of your life is, is this progress. And, and what I've learned is that experiences with God are always followed by a process. And the question is, will, will we take part in that process? You know, Paul progressed after he had this blinding experience on the road, right? I mean, that was the moment. It was like, oh, I mean, literally the, oh right? The, the light shines and he's blind. But that, didn't, that didn't stop. It didn't stop. That's not all that happened. Paul then went on a process. Peter progressed after he nearly drowned as he's trying to walk on water, right? I mean, that's a pretty cool moment. Everyone gets down on Peter because he didn't walk very far and he started to sink. But I don't know how many of you have ever walked on water, all right? I haven't. I've tried. It doesn't work very well. And Peter, he, he went on a, on a process. So the question today is, so how do we progress, right? What what does this process look like? So I just want to share three things with you. This will help you. Help you with the process for getting better, for progress. Number one is this, cling to the truth. Cling to the truth. Hebrews 4.14, I'm going to try to stay in Hebrews as much as I can. Hebrews 4.14 says, Therefore... Since we have a great high priest who's ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, watch this, let us hold firmly or let us cling to the faith that we profess. I, I, love, I, just, I love this word cling because it makes me think of roller coasters. Anyone, anyone like roller coasters? They're fun, right? I love, I love roller coasters. And, and, and here's the deal with roller coasters. They're only fun if you have something to cling to, Right? My, we were out of town this week, and my my mom. Took, here's one of my favorite pictures. Um, this is us last summer uh, at Disneyland, and you can see my daughter Eden in the front, my wife Lisa, Mercy, Ava. I'm in the back, and then some random dude is behind me. And uh, I love my daughter's face, Eden in the front. It this is her first, like she's freaking out, right? And, and, Here's why, here's why, Uh, that was, by the way, that was my thanks to Facebook, I know this, that was my most liked picture of 2017 on Facebook, it's awesome, it's epic, I love it. But roller coasters, they're only fun if you have something to cling to, right? My, we were out of town this week, and, and so my mom had our girls, and they, my mom took them to, to um, Cliffs here, right? And they and they have a few roller coasters. It's not Disneyland, but they have a few. And so my kids rode all the roller coasters, but my little one, uh, she she rode the um, the, the Rattler, the, the wooden one, the big wooden one, and uh, she told me later, my other daughter told me later, said, the bar doesn't come down quite far enough for Eden. She could have flown out at any time, and my wife's like, "What in the world?" And I'm like, "I'm so proud of you. Go get it, girl!" You know, it's how different we are. Roll, roller coasters—they're only fun, right? If we have something to cling to, and life is just like a roller coaster. It's got its ups and its downs, and its twists and its turns. And listen, it's only fun. Life is only fun if you have something to cling to. If you've got that bar that comes down that you know when it's speeding along and it takes a turn that you didn't expect that you're not going to be thrown out of the roller coaster because you have something to cling to. I mean, there's so many times when life does this. when When you lose your job, when life knocks you down, a friend betrays you. When you can't pay the bill, when you found out your spouse has been unfaithful, your child rebels, the doctor delivers bad news. I mean, what do you do in that moment? You cling with faith to the things that you know to be true. You cling. My my wife, uh, uh, in addition to being a kids pastor, she's also a doctor. Um, Not not like a medical doctor, but a Google doctor. Um, When... uh, Anytime one of us has a mysterious pain or a cough or something happens, my, my wife goes into Google Doctor mode, and she's like, "I'm gonna find out what what's going on here." I don't know if anyone's married to someone like this, but it's like, you know, my toe hurts, and it quickly progresses thanks to Google to I have cancer, and I'm about to die. I have three days left, all right? <laughs> And so I just, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, stop it, don't Google it, I'm disenabling internet on your phone, you can't, you can't Google it, because here's, here's what that does, is it gives us something to cling to that is actually not true, right? I, I don't know if you've ever done it, but I've, I've clung to some things that are not true, Right? I, maybe I thought they were true. Maybe I hoped they were true. Right? But but I, I, I clung to something that was not true. And what you have to do, you've got to be able to differentiate between what's true and what's not true. And the things that are not true just throw away. And the things that are true, you hold on to them. You cling to them. You, you cling, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. You see, we, I mean, we buy into lies all the time. Here's, I'll just tell you one, because I, I think this, was, this is an important one. The lie number one that we sometimes cling to, that we shouldn't, is, that, is this, is you cannot change. I meet people all the time. That, that here's the statement. Well, pastor, I've always been this way. Well, you don't understand how I, you don't understand my dad was this way and his dad and his dad. It's all, all the men in our family, we've always been this way. Pastor, it's in my blood. It's in my genes. I'm, I, Pastor, I can You don't understand. I cannot change. That's what all of that is saying, right? And what, what I find with people like that is they've they've clung to the lies, the lie of the enemy that that it's not going to be possible to change. But Hebrews, thank God for Hebrews, because it comes along and it says this. It says, "City Church, you can be better." You can be better than whatever it is that you are now, than whatever tradition says, or the generations say, or the bloodline says. You can be better. In Hebrews, it proves this. It's like not just you can be better, but here's a list of people who did it. And they did it by clinging to the truth. Hebrews eleven seven 7, by faith, Noah, when warned about things yet not, not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Listen, all Noah had, all he had was a promise from God. Right? He's like, here's some blueprints, build a boat. And, and he starts building and everyone's laughing at him and ridiculing him. And, it hasn't rained, what are you doing? It's the biggest boat I've ever seen. But Noah, he didn't believe any of that garbage. He clung to the truth because God had spoken to him. No matter what happened, he just clung to it. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith, Abraham. Anyone grow up singing Father Abraham? Right? We're not going to sing it this morning. You don't want to hear me sing, right? Hebrews eleven By faith, Abraham, when called to go to the place he would later, later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. All, listen, all Abraham had was a promise. Hey, go, go. I'm sending you to the promised land. That sounds awesome, God. Where is it? I'm not going to tell you. What? All right, here we go, all right? He takes off, all he had was a promise, he clung to it. Hebrews eleven twenty nine. 29, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. The Israelites, they're, they're headed to the promised land. And they come to the Red Sea, and the Egyptians are behind them, and the sea's in front of them. What are we going to do? Right? That's a great time to give up. That's a great time to lay down, to believe the lie. We're not going to get there. God's not going to help us. It's too big. I don't know what we're going to do. But they clung to truth, and the, the sea's open, and they walk across. And not only do they walk across, but they turn around to watch the seas come crashing back down on top of the heads of their enemies. Isn't that an awesome time when you get to do that? I just found it. God does it so much better than us. So what truth are you clinging to? That's, that's the question today. What, what truth are you clinging to for this process? You're, you're in a process. I'm in a process. So what truth are you clinging to? Here, here's number two. How, how do we get better? Number two, protect your passion. Protect your passion. Hebrews 6.1 says, we want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end. I underline that word, diligence. Uh, protect our passion. We want each of you to, to, to protect. Our, Hebrews 3.7 and 4, seven say this, today if you hear his voice, uh, do not harden your hearts. we, we got to keep our hearts soft, malleable, if we're going to protect our passions. You, can, you can't protect a passion with a hard heart. And Hebrews 11 is a list of unlikely people that God uses because they persevered because they they protected their passion. Abraham his body is I mean he's old, right? He's old, but he's got this promise. You're gonna be a father to many nations. He's old, he's decaying, he's dying. He shouldn't have been able to produce offspring, but he he protected that passion. Think of all those years of continuing, right, to believe in what God said and to, to just protect that passion. Noah, right? We talked about him. He, he's protecting his passion. Moses, I I I like Moses because he's the pastor of the meanest congregation, the most unruly congregation. All right. It's not like like City church, all right, but it's like another church that I know. And I mean, these people are mean and they're complainers, and every week they're showing up, like, Moses, blah, blah, blah. We want something different. Oh my goodness, where are we going? You're walking in circles, Moses. But Moses, he just he clung to, he clung, right? He clung to a promise. And so I've come today to ask you to protect your passion. Hey, let me help you. How do you do it? How do you, how do you protect your passion? You listen to the voice of God. You listen, God's voice. I don't know if you've learned this yet. God's voice is often still and small. (laughs) I wish it was loud and strong and overwhelming. It's often it's not. His His voice is still and strong. And here's why: because intimacy involves whispers, right? Intimacy involves whispers. And God wants to be intimate with you. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. He wants to have those those still, quiet, intimate, one-on-one conversations where he shares his heart with you. See, all of our hearts, they they hear all kinds of things all the time. Your heart doesn't have to be conditioned to hear things. It it already does it. Like, like my heart heard some things this week. My heart heard, if I buy a new truck, I will be happier. (laughs) A bigger truck, uh, a newer truck, a more power, I just, my heart just randomly heard that. I don't know where it came from. It was like, you need a new truck, right? My wife rebuked that voice, but I I heard it, right? I I heard, my heart heard. "If, If my church grows, then I'll feel better about myself because I'll be seen in the eyes of everyone around me as more successful. So that's just what my heart heard, all right? I know you don't think pastors think that, but we do, all right? My, my heart heard, if I catch a, bet, a bigger fish, then I'll feel more manly and I'll be satisfied. Uh, any, any, anyone like to fish? You know, the, the problem, here's the problem. The problem with, with, fit, with big fish is that you catch one that's bigger, and as soon as you catch one that's bigger, you want to catch a one that's bigger than that. Right, because because more more is such a horrible goal because it's never attainable. Because so as soon as you get to more, then you want you want more, and it's, we're never satisfied, right? And so, but my heart heard, regardless of if I know that or not, my heart heard you need to catch a bigger fish. And to do that, you need to buy some new gear, and you need to take a trip, right? And you need, right, all this. It, and my heart, my heart just, I was laying in bed. I wasn't, I wasn't trying. My heart just started hearing these things. I don't know what your heart heard this week. My, my wife's heart heard something. She, she shared it with me. Her heart, her, her heart heard. If we get another puppy, we have, we have a dog right now, but if we get another puppy, then our family will be happier. And I said, get behind me, Satan, we don't, we don't want that. We don't want that. So, so listen, we're protecting our passion. But, but the, the trick is we're hearing all these things, right? We're hearing all, that. that those are passions of mine, right? You have your own. You've, you've heard some things, right? We, we hear these things. And so after we hear these things, here's the trick. We have to consider them. We have to consider them and put them up against the voice of God because your passion is influenced by what you consider, It is, your passion's influenced by the things that you consider, right, you've heard it, you've heard it said this way, the grass is always greener on the other side. It's not true, the grass is greener where it gets watered. The grass is greener where you consider. What are you considering? So I take these things. Do I get a big truck? Do I go fishing? Do we buy another puppy? Do I, what do I do? And, and I consider them. And I put them up against the voice of God, against the things that he's spoken to me about and talked to me about. And here's, here's the good news. Here's the good news is that you don't have to eliminate all the things you love to also love Jesus. He just wants to be first. <laughs> I, I can fish and love Jesus, in fact, I think fishermen love Jesus more than non-fishermen. All right? I can buy a new truck and love Jesus. I can love my family and love Jesus. I can, I can do all this stuff and, and, and love Jesus. But God's goal over my heart is that there would be one love that, that's a first love, that's a unifying love, that's, a, that's an anchor that filters all the other loves of my heart. And the problem is, if we don't have that filter, all the other loves they pile on top, and all of a sudden we we've lost our we've lost our first passion. Revelation two talks about this. It says, "Yet I hold this one thing against you: you've forsaken the love that you first had." And so wh- here's why we're talking about it: we have all these passions, all these things going on, pulling at our attention and our resources. And the way we work through it is a process. It's a process where we allow the voice of God to filter all of these passions, all of these things that God's speaking to, all these things, and we filter them out because it's, they don't happen overnight. It's a process. So we cling to what's true and we protect our passions. And then finally, we actually live in the new. We live in the new. I've been a pastor long enough, uh, and I just know people well enough to know that, that we naturally resist the new, We just do it's it's weird it's crazy we resist the new Uh, i don't know why my daughter asked me this this morning but my middle daughter came to me and she started asking questions about our church and 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 what happened when we came We, we we've been at our church five years now this summer and uh and and my daughters heard me tell some of the stories apparently because she comes to me and she goes dad when we came to harvest were there people that didn't like you I said, "Yeah." I said, "But," and she goes, "Were there people that left?" And I said, "Yeah." And I could tell my daughter was about to get offended because you know you you can't not like my dad. You can't right? And I'm like, "But they, you know, it's just it was natural. I mean, this is what happens when church changes. People, you know, they need, it's just it's it's a reset. It's okay." And she goes, "She's just she's so profound. She's like, so they didn't like the new things that were coming." I said, "That's exactly right." It wasn't personal in it. Wasn't, it wasn't about me. I mean, it might have been about me. It wasn't about Lisa, right? It wasn't about, it was, it was about the new. It's that, it's that we naturally resist the new. I, I don't know if you're like this or not, but every time I get the update on my phone or my Mac that says it's time to update, I just go, ugh, I don't know if you do that or not, because I just figured out the old one. Come on, Apple! I don't want. Why are you changing it? Right? Like I, I, every time I just we we have a natural propensity, right, to lean towards the familiar, the old, the old way of doing things. Mark chapter two says, no one pours new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wine skins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wine skins. We, 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 we got to live in the new. Here, here's why. You cannot progress and stay in the past. It's not possible. Remember, remember we said this. We said you're either getting better or you're getting worse, right? You, you can't get better and live in the past because the old, the familiar, it doesn't require faith. It doesn't require growth. The old doesn't require progress. It requires you to stay the same way that you've always been. And you start moving backwards. And the problem is this. The problem is that my old self contains so much history that what used to make sense to me for so long, even though I'm now a new creation, it still makes sense to me because of all the old history to live the old way. So we did, it's like the Apple update, right? We're renewed. We're a new creation. All this is changing. And then we, it's, like, it's like our spiritual, you know, we get this spiritual update is available. And we go, ah, I like the old way. I know the old way. It's easy. It's familiar. That's the way I, I've always done it. I'm just telling you, so, it's amazing to me how hard it is for people to live in the new Man, I just want to grab you and go. You weren't happy in the old. <laughs> Why are you going back to it? I'm, I'm counseling a couple right now. I'm counseling a couple. The the husband had an affair, and we're trying to feed, we're trying to get them back together. And I'm talking I'm talking to him this week, and he makes this just. He makes this statement. He says, Pastor, I'm 100% committed to my wife and my children and fixing this and seeing what God can do. I'm like, awesome. Let's do it, man. And he goes, but I still like this other girl. I almost slapped him. I just almost I almost slapped him. I'm just telling you. And he's like, I can't turn the switch off, right? And so I told him what I told you a little while ago. Your passion is influenced by what you consider. Like you gotta stop considering her. You gotta take her out of your phone. You gotta stop calling her. Your, your heart's gonna keep liking her if you keep calling her. Your heart's gonna keep liking her if you keep checking her Facebook. If you look at the pictures you have on your phone, you're gonna continue to do that. I'm like, come on, dude, live in the news. Live in the new the old. I mean I mean a week ago you were suicidal and your family was falling apart and you hated life and this is all stuff you told me and now I'm telling you now you gotta you gotta live in the new you can't go back to the old you think think about all these guys in, in Hebrews think about right think about Abraham right leave what's comfortable go to a new place right he had to leave, he had to go, he had to go to a new place. So he learned a new way called, we talk about it today, walking by faith, right? He, 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 got, he had to go. Joshua, right? think about Joshua. He's in Hebrews 11. He marched around the walls of Jericho until they fell down, right? He had to employ a new strategy, right? It didn't. It didn't look anything like the old strategies. It didn't involve, you know, weapons. It didn't. It, it involved marching around some gigantic walls with the Ark of the Covenant, and blowing the trumpet. I mean, th- it was new. He had, to, he had to make a decision: I can do it the old way, or I can live in the new. And all these guys, they got better. But part of the reason they got better is they made a decision to live in the new and so the question we have to ask ourselves today is are we going to give uh, more power in our souls to what what was to that old stuff to what what seems sensible or are we going to live in the new because Ch- city church the new is better <laughs> i'm telling you the new is better I referred to this earlier. Do you, do you normally have worship team come at the end? Or you, you guys can come. Worship team, you can come. I referred to this earlier. I, I spent a lot of years, a lot of years addicted to pornography and, and fed, battling this, this uh, just addiction to sexual immorality. And I, I did the whole, you know, experiential set me free, set me free. But, but I didn't give in to the, to the process. And here, here's I'm going to tell you the news better. The news better. Because one day I finally gave into the process. <laughs> now, my story, uh, I like to talk about grace because grace, we present it in Christian circles like this big fluffy cloud, and you just kind of fall into it, you know? It's like, oh, grace, oh my goodness. Oh, catch, oh yeah. Oh, it's so I could just go to sleep right here. I just love, I just love grace. God, it hasn't been like that for me. I'm just gonna tell you what grace has been like it's been like a kick in the seat of the pants. Like, come on, buddy. You're not going to live like that anymore. I'm like, where's the pillow? He's like, I'm going to give you another kick. You, you, I require two most times, right? But, but listen, in my life, the grace of God came to me in a, in a harsh way. It exposed my sin. And so my wife and I, we, we submitted. Really, it was me. I submitted to the process. She, she said, I'll go with you on this journey. And I submitted to a process to get better, and we worked through the process. It took a lot of work. Right, so I, t- I told my friend just the other day, I said, look, if you commit to this, it's going to take a lot of work. The easy thing would be to, to walk away. The easy thing would be to go with the other woman. The easy way would be to go to the familiar. But living in the new, it takes a lot of work. But the new, the new is worth it. The new, the new is better. It, it's so worth it. And so we committed to the process. And God, by his grace, then it started to feel like a little like a pillow. He walked us through this process. And so I'm just, I'm telling you, like, one of the things I'm passionate about today is marriages being restored because I've been there. Because ours was broken because I didn't know if we were going to go on another day. I didn't know if we were going to make it. I didn't know if I was going to get to continue to be in my girls' lives. I, I didn't know if God was going to, if my wife was going to give us that chance. But I submitted to the process. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, we, we, just celebrated, we just celebrated 18 years together. I have, I have no idea how she put up with me that long. I just don't. It was easy for 18 years for me, but not for her. So we went on this little trip. We just got back last night. We went, we celebrated, our, you know, our, our anniversary. We're like, man, we just, over and over, we, we had different ways of saying this, but what we were saying is, it was worth it. Man, I, I, I hate the pain that we went through. I hate the pain that I, I, I don't like that, but the outcome, oh my goodness. Like, it's almost like we have this little, we have this little joke. I, I, I'll close. We have this little joke in our, in our family. You know, in the Bible, when people had encounters with God, they often got a new name, right? And so, and so in our marriage, because I broke it so bad, I mean, God had to repair. And so when God, when God repaired it, my wife gave me a new name. And, and it's, it's funny. I'll tell you what it is, all right? My new name is Juan, all right? I'm not Hispanic. I don't speak Spanish, but uh, she, so here, so here's, here's what happens. It's like when I'm doing really good, right? When I'm doing the dishes, she goes, "I love you, Juan," right? When, when I'm not doing good, she sometimes goes, "Where's Juan?" <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> like men have their time of the month too, all right? And, and I'm like, I'm all grumpy, and I'm like, Juan will be back. Give me, give me a day, right? Like, right? We, have, we just have this, it's this code language for us. But but you know what the code language, you know what it says? It says, you're not the way that you used to be. You're, you're new now. And here, but here, here's the deal. I'm just I'm talking about in my in my context in marriage. I can't stop getting better. Or I'll go back, I'll be back to old grumpy, addicted Jason. I gotta I gotta stay one, right? I gotta stay in the new. I gotta progress. And I'm just telling you, life, this life of following Jesus, it's all about process. It's a continual process. You get better, and then you find out there's more better. Right? I know that's not correct grammar. I just I like it. I want more better, right? I want more better, and you get there and there's another better, and you get there and there's more, and there's more, and there's more. It's so awesome, God. I mean. God just, he never, you never arrive. You never arrive. So City Church, I just, I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with you today because I know that, uh, I know that you need to get better. I know that you need to get better. In fact, how, how many of you today, this will be our response. I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. How many of you would say, Pastor Jason, I need to get better. P- pick your area or areas, all right? The, the good news is nobody knows why you're raising your hand. right? You just, you need to get better, some of you just raised your spouse's hand. It's okay, it's all right. All right, you, you, need, you need to get better. So here's the bigger question, because we're gonna pray. And, and I, I've been praying for you all week. I, I've been so excited to be, to be with you today. I think some of you, as we have this final prayer, you're gonna have an experience. I mean, God's gonna come powerfully into your life. I felt, I mean, just almost every time I share my story, God sets men free from addictions to pornography. It's going to happen today. I'm not going to call you out, but but just right there where you sit, God's going to he's going to do something. He's going to break that. But listen to me, man. If you don't follow through with the process, if you don't if you don't wake up tomorrow morning and go back to the altar and commit your life to Christ and allow him to give you strength, you're going you'll be back here. You'll be back here next Sunday addicted just as much as you are today. I'm telling you, you're going to have an experience. He's going to set you free today. Some of you, you're, you're like, man, I need that new marriage like you have. It's possible. I'm, man, it's so possible. And God can start that today, but you're going to have to commit to the process. You're going to have to do the work. And so the bigger question is, you, you answered the first one. How many of you want to get better? Go ahead and show me again because was a whole bunch of you. How many of you want to get better? Now, how many of you are going to commit to the process? Oh, man, you, just, you don't even know what you committed to. I'm just telling you. Oh, my goodness. It's so hard. It's so hard. But listen to me, City Church, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Why don't you stand with me right where you're at? I I don't know why. You've been sitting a while. I feel like you pray better when you stand up after you've been sitting for a long time. So we're gonna pray. We're just gonna pray. I want you to do this for me. Why don't you just grab the hand of the neighbor standing beside you. If there's someone near you, why don't you grab their hand? i found that we often, it's easier for us to pray for someone else than it is to pray for ourselves sometimes. So we're going to pray for ourselves, and we're also going to pray for those standing around, because you saw all the hands. I mean, City Church needs to get a lot better, right? And so you're going to pray. Harvest does too. I'm not picking on you. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're gonna, you don't know what your neighbor's praying for, but we're going to ask God for, for a, a moment right now, a powerful moment, powerful moment. Where he steps into our lives, he accomplishes much, he sets you free, he heals you, he forgives, he does, I want that moment, but then as a church, we're going to commit to the process. Let's pray. Father, I pray for my friends here today. Lord, who have said, I need to get better. I want to get better. Lord, thank you for your word that encourages us and shows us that we can get better. It helps us to see how we get better. It's it's such good news today that we can get better because, God, some of us today, we are so, so tired of the old. We're so tired of the, the old way of living, the old addictions, the old ways, the old marriage, the old self. We don't want that anymore. We want to get better, but we've been stuck and we haven't known how. But today God, right now, right now, we're asking you for a powerful moment. A powerful moment with your presence, with your Holy Spirit that just stirs something in our hearts. A powerful moment. God, I I pray specifically for guys, uh, men and women, for battling addictions of any kind. But Lord, my heart is just torn for those, those men who are addicted to pornography, women addicted to pornography. And I love sharing my story, not because I'm proud of where I was, but because I'm so thankful of what you were able to do. And so God, I'm praying like you did. It for me, do it for for my friends here today. Set us free today. Power of God, come today. I pray for broken marriages. Spouses may not even be here today because it's so it's so broken. Marriages, people are here today, but you're faking it. You 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 fought on the way here, but you put a smile on your face. You don't want anyone to know. Holy Spirit, come right now. Healing power, come into broken relationships. Gotta pray for for sickness to be healed right now or for for sickness to be healed. I pray for those that have a diagnosis over them that seems hopeless. Today we say, God, you are able. You're big enough. You're strong enough that you can heal. We're asking you for that powerful moment right now. right now. We don't have to look any other way. We don't have to come to the altar. We don't have to, to dance or sing. We don't have to have that we can just believe right now and God, you accomplish much. But God, we pray as a church. We're holding hands to signify unity. We say today, we commit to the process. We commit to the process. I want you to say that out loud. Say it to God. Say, I commit to the process. And we commit to the process today. God, walk us through a process towards progress, towards getting better. Lord, get us. Help us. Help us to get better. Help us, God, to move, move towards what you have in store for us today. we commit to getting better. Walk us through this process today. Well, we love you and we thank you. God for what you're doing in our lives today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap this
1: morning? Death could not hold you. heavens above.
0: of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Have a wonderful week.
1: Find what makes us come alive a sacrifice of praise.